Well, come on, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You got to make some noise. Man, it's so good to see you guys. If you're visiting with us, if it's your first time, first time in a long time, we want to welcome you to Better Life Church. Uh, you may not know this, but we are one church in two locations. We have a Moorhead campus and we have a Grayson campus. Come on, can we get up for our Grayson campus? Yes. I'm telling you what, God's doing great things in this region. He's, he's drawing men and women to the self. We're seeing lives changed. We're seeing kids saved and adults saved and people taking next steps. I'm telling you what, God is up to something great here at Better Life Church. And, and I'm telling you, this is the best time ever to jump in to see what God's doing. Here at the Moorhead Campus, we've been here for almost a little over 11 years now. And at the Grayson Campus, just a year and a half. And I feel like as the pastor, we are just now getting started, man. Like, I mean, I'm saying like I truly believe that the best is yet to come for what God wants to do in this region. So if you're hanging out or checking this out, well, thank you so much for coming and being part of this series called Hurry. How many of you over the last couple weeks, or actually almost three weeks now that we've started this series, every time you find yourself using the word hurry or that I'm busy, you kind of just for a moment stop and think just for a moment about this series. Come on, anybody? Uh, all right, seven of you are practicing what I'm preaching. Yes, that's great. So good, you know. I, I catch myself saying that all the time. I'm like, hurry, and I'm like, oh, you hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, like yesterday I was driving from campus. I went up on campus, and I can't, was getting off uh, over here at, at MSU. And, and I was driving, and uh, my son and, and his girlfriend was with us, and we were coming off campus. And the person in front of me, I looked back, I said, they must have been listening to my sermon, you know, because they are moving like at snail pace speed, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, can you not, and I about said, like, hurry, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, be the example for. For my, for my kids as well, you know, like, Dad, you know, slow down. And he said, Dad, he probably listened to your sermon, and you probably need to listen to it too. Okay, all right, but that's another story. We'll get to that later. But we're in this series called Hurry, and, and it's about trying to slow down and just take in what God has for us and not live such a rush and busy life. If you're in a crisis mode this morning, like you are always in a hurry right now, please go back and watch week one because we talked about just some really quick practical advice of slowing down, like taking a Sabbath, creating some margin, and here's the big one, learning to say no to good things, to say yes to the best things in our life. And then last week we looked at what are the heart issues that like, like encourages us or keeps us going to have this inner rush within side of us. We talked about one of those is just not being satisfied. Like we're just not content. So we want more, get more, do more, and we're always rushing. And then the second one was we hit on a big one, and you may struggle with this, is that we're people pleasers. Now, if you're a people pleaser, I want to encourage you to go back and watch it. But maybe the reason why we're so full in our calendars is because we can't say no to people. We don't want to hurt their feelings. So we say yes to every event, yes to every birthday party, yes to every time someone asks us to do something because we don't want to hurt their feelings. If you find yourself in one of those categories or struggling with that, please go back and watch on our app or online. And today in part three, we're going to jump in and talk about the soul rest inside of our soul and what th some things that God wants to do in our lives. So if you're ready to get started morning, so let's go. Don't you rush me. Don't rush me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right, get your Bibles. Go with me to Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to unpack this verse. This verse has kind of been our uh, theme verse, basically, if you want to say that for the series. And there's three verbs in this uh, passage that I want to uh, pull out and I want to share with you about what we can learn from this and this soul rest and how God wants to bring rest to our souls. And so here we go, Matthew chapter 11. You've heard this verse before. This is not an unfamiliar verse, especially if you've been around church. If you even haven't been in church, you may have heard something similar to this. So let me just walk you through this verse. We're going to go verse by verse here, kind of word by word, and uh, jump into this. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says to his disciples, come to me. 
Come to me, all you who are weary, you're tired, you're worn out, you're aching, and your heart, emotions, not just physically here. All you have burdens, the pressures, the bills, the degrees, the relationships, the raising your children in a digital crazy world and, and all these things are going on and, and these burdens that hold you down of paying the bills and, and trying to become the next you know, manager or promotion. What are the things that are, are you weary that you're stressed about, that you're burned about? And look what he says, I will give you rest. Now, what is Jesus saying in this passage? The first thing you got to do, you got to know this. If we want soul rest, we want to slow down, right, from being in a hurry. It's very basic, but we see it right in the text. Look what he says. Come to me. You've got to come to Christ. If you want soul rest, you need to come to Christ. Now, what do I need to come to Christ for? Right? Some of you are saying, well, this is church, so obviously you're the pastor and you're supposed to say, come to Jesus, right? Like you got to come to Jesus. But do we do this? Do we truly come to Jesus when we're tired, when we're weary, and we're burning? What does he mean by that? Well, let me give you two things. Number one, you need to come to him for salvation. You need to come to him to be delivered from your sin. You need to come to him to be delivered from this eternal damnation that waits for everyone who has never put their faith and trust in Jesus. He said, first you need to come to me. Now, you got to understand the context of who he's talking to here. You see, there was this religious group, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. They weighed the people down with so many burdens and so many do's and so many don'ts. Like, for instance, when I was my eighth grade year, I walked in the house at a prayer, was baptized, but I never met Jesus because I realized I can't live the Christian life. My senior year in high school at Belfry, I, I walked in the house at a prayer and I was baptized. And two months later, I was out living like a hellion again because I realized I can't do the do's and the don'ts and the rules and the religion that comes with church. That's not the church's fault, per se, for, for that. It was me just being ignorant of what it really means to come to Jesus. And he says, come to me for salvation. In fact, this right, the, the Pharisees were so righteous, Jesus says this, unless your righteous surpasses those of the Pharisees, you can't have eternal life. And everybody starts scratching their head because here's what they said, I can never be as good as them. I can never be as good as the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. And what Jesus was saying, it's impossible to come without me. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you soul rest. Listen to me. Without Jesus, you will never, ever, 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 ever experience true peace in your life, in your heart. You will always be striving. You will always be in a hurry. You will always be stressed out until you come to Jesus. Every single one of us need Jesus for soul rest. Inside of our heart, you will never experience the peace without him. And so maybe the reason why you're turned to so many things is you're trying to fill a void in your heart that only Jesus can fill. So come to Jesus if you want true soul rest. The second thing is you need to come to Jesus for rest. Now, I'm not talking about physical rest here. Like, here's the question. When you are stressed, who do you turn to? What do you go to? Or where do you go? Like when you've got all the burdens and pressures trying to perform, trying to do everything that comes maybe from what your parents put on you in school. Because I know a lot of students have all this pressure from parents to achieve because parents are trying to fulfill and live their dream through their children, which is a big no-no. And you put all this pressure on your children. Like where do you go when you have pressure at work or you're pressured in your marriage 
You're, you're stressed in your finances because you're one paycheck away, which the majority of Americans are of losing everything. Like, what do you do when you have that stress in your life? Who do you go to? Where do you turn? Or what do you do? You see, the rest we're talking about is, is deeper than physical rest. I'm talking about spiritual rest. I'm talking about emotional rest. I'm talking about mental rest. Where do you go? You see, your problems are not overworked muscles. Your problem is an overworked mind. And you're stressed out. And your soul needs rest. And needs relief from anxiety. And he's released from stress. And he's released from tension and guilt and fear and, and bitterness in your heart. Where do you go when you need this type of rest? The first thing you got to do, you got to come to Jesus. Wow, because he will restore you. He will renew you. He will refresh you. And some of you this morning, you need restored. You need renewed. You need refreshed. Let me tell you where to go. Jesus. Run to Jesus. And he will do this in your life. Here's what I know from my own personal life, but I know for you as well. When you are always in a hurry, you do not have time for Jesus. And when you don't have time to come to Jesus, no wonder your soul is not at rest. There is soul rest when you get in his word, when you get to worship with his people, when you get to, to, to just lay everything before him and trust him with your life. There is rest and peace in your heart. And if you don't slow down and spend time with Jesus, you will never have truly soul, soul rest. Because he wants to, and he will, his word says, guide your every single step. And that's what we worry about so much, is what our next step is. He said, I will guide you what your next step is. He knows what you need tomorrow. Why are you worrying about tomorrow? He already knows. I read this morning by Henry Blackaby that if you are in the, walking with Jesus today, you will be in the center of his will tomorrow. So quit focusing on tomorrow and start focusing on walking with Jesus today. And if we will trust him today, we will be where he wants us to be tomorrow. Number two, he says in verse 29, he says this, here's the second verb, take. Everybody look at the person beside you, say take. Take, come on Grayson, let me hear you say take. Take, what does he say, my yoke and place it on you. Take my yoke and put it on you. You have to Take it. You have to reach for it. You have to do this. This is a choice. Take it. It's right in front of you. Jesus is not going to force his teaching on you. He's not going to force himself upon you. You got to take it. You got to get it. You see, I, I said this before in, in the series, and I even talked about it in kind of in a different way. But he's not so much talking. When you say yoke, hopefully you didn't think of an egg immediately there. Maybe you thought of oxen who had yoke on them. But Jesus was considered a rabbi. And when you became a rabbi with authority as Jesus did, you had the power to interpret the Old Testament, the Torah, the law, and have your own interpretation from it because you proved yourself worthy of studying the Scripture. Only very few rabbis ever got to this point. Jesus was one of them. They would call this their yoke. The yoke was their interpretation of the law. Their interpretation of what we know as the Old Testament. And so Jesus now has a yoke. He has an interpretation. All the Pharisees and all the religious people's interpretation, their teaching, I'll show you this in a moment about teaching, their, in, their, their yoke, their teaching of the scripture weighed the people down. People realize, I can't live this life. I will never have eternal life. I will never be as good as the Pharisees. I can't do this. Man, I've been there. I've been there personally. Jesus says, now you've got to take my interpretation. 
You've got to take my teachings and you've got to, watch this, place them on yourself. Take what my interpretation, that mine is, my, my interpretation is light. It's not burdensome. It's not heavy. It will not weigh you down. What's the difference? Their interpretation was all about laws. His interpretation is all about grace. And when you have grace, you have peace. When there's no peace, you're still trying to keep a law. His peace surpasses all understanding. When you get the grace of God and understand God's grace in your life, the guilt, the shame, the worry goes away because I am now in grace. He says, now put this grace, put this upon you, which means this. Here's my second thing you got to do. You got to give up control. Ah, but I want to control everything, right? What do you mean give up control? Well, the reason why you're so overloaded is because you're trying to control everything in your life. That's why you're so stressed out. You tried to control everything. He didn't say take up your yoke. He didn't say take up the world's yoke. He said take up my yoke because it's light. It's light and you can carry this. This is basically saying not my will, Jesus, but your will be done in my life. Because if you're always in a hurry, if you're always rushed, if you're always busy, if you're always stressed, it may be because you are trying to do your will, what you want. And the greater you need to control things in your life, the more stress you are going to have. Because there's the truth. You probably don't just have one problem in your life you're trying to control right now. In fact, you probably have several dozen things in your life that you are trying to control. You're trying to control your finances. You're trying to control your health. You're trying to control your relationships. You're trying to control your career. You're trying to control school. You are trying to control the outcomes of everything in your life. That's why you worry about them. You think that if you worry enough, you can control and turn the outcome. If I worry enough about someone who is sick, if I worry, 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 maybe God will see my worry and he'll change the outcome. That's control. That's pride. Maybe if I worry enough about my kids, they will be safe. As if worry is what keeps them safe. If I worry enough about my finances, maybe God will have mercy upon me. And then he will provide for me. As if that's why the reason why God provides. You see, worry is like really sitting in a rocking chair. I said this before, you're rocking and rocking, but you're not going anywhere. Worry chokes the life out of you. Why do we try to control these things by worrying? What's the key? Here's the key. You ready for this? You got to surrender everything to Jesus. We sing that hymn and we love it. I love that hymn, I Surrender All. We sing it and we walk out of here and then we grab it right back. I surrender all. Nope, not that. I surrender. Nope, I want to be in control of that. God, I surrender my eternity to you, but you can't control my calendar. I'll go where I want, when I want, how I want. God, I will surrender my life to you. I know you will save me and take me to heaven, but I will not surrender my finances to you. No, I will not tithe. No, I will rob you, and I will not be generous. Don't you touch my money and tell me how to do it. I will control it. God, I surrender all. I surrender all. We come to our children, right? We have a children dedication. We dedicate our child to God, but then we will take them right back when God wants to do something great in our life. We say, God, I surrender my finances. I surrender my outcomes. I surrender my marriage. I surrender my relationships. I surrender my education. I surrender, Lord, to you. I just trust you. See, we sing it, but we don't practice it. We truly don't surrender everything to him because we're afraid if we give up control, then the outcome that we want may not be the outcome. But I'm here to tell you what, whatever outcome Jesus has for your life is better than anything you could ever dream of. You've got to trust him with the outcome. 
Even right now, some of you in your midst of a storm, you're in the midst of pain, and everything I said, you're trying to hold on to your control. Listen, surrender it to Jesus. Trust Him with everything in your life. How do I do that? Like, how do I do that? Let's keep reading. He says this, take my yoke on you, and then look what it says, learn from me. Learn from me. What do you want to learn? Learn my interpretation. Learn my teaching. Learn what my yoke is. That it's all about grace in your life. Come and learn from me. That's what I'm saying. He's not talking so much about what an oxen wears a yoke. He said, learn my yoke. Learn my interpretation. Learn from the rabbi. Learn from the teacher. I will not lead you astray. You must come to learn from me. What do we have to learn to do? Here it is. Trust. We have to learn to trust. And folks, this is one of the hardest things to do. This is one of the biggest things I've struggled with in my life, just emotionally, personally, is learn to this really, really trust. And I always thought trust was a feeling. And I always said, well, I must not be trusting because I don't have a certain feeling. Trust is not a feeling. Trust is a choice. Despite how I feel, because my feelings will lie to me, God, I trust you. That's faith. That's what that looks like. God, I feel this, but I trust you. That's where we got to get to in our life. God, I feel like this is how it should be, but man, I'm going to trust you. God, I am scared, but I trust you. I'm afraid, but I trust you. God, I worry, and I know I shouldn't, but I'm going to trust you. We have to learn to trust God in all that we do. You see, and Jesus modeled this. He didn't model a lifestyle that was filled with anxiety and pressure. He modeled a lifestyle that had a, a purpose and peace. You see, Jesus didn't live by pressure. He lived by priorities. And this is the big thing for us. He said, I only do and I only say what I hear the Father tell me. See, most of us, we do and say what other people want from us. We do and say what we think the world wants us to do. He says, no, if you'll get alone and you'll just do and say what I've asked you to do, man, you would have this full life, this abundant life, this better life than you ever dreamed of. And this is a process. Learning is a process. You did not develop your stressed out, hyper-driven lifestyle overnight. And you're not going to get it fixed overnight. You've got to realize, how do I unlearn a bunch of bad, unhealthy habits that's causing me to always be stressed out? And the reason why we're stressed out is because we do not trust, because we do not wait, and we aggressively overcommit ourselves, and then we arrogantly believe we can do it all. Because I'm Superman. Because you're Superwoman, right? I could be all things to all people anytime. Here I am. And then it will eventually wear you out. So you'll try to do it all, have it all, be it all, to please everybody around you. And Jesus said, that's not how it works. If you're in a hurry and if you're stressed to the max, here's what he says. Let's read the whole verse together. Here we go, Matthew eleven twenty. 20. Look what it says. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, take it upon you, and learn from me. Watch this, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Soul rest. That's really at the end of the day what we want. That at the end of the day is what we're looking for and what we're trying to achieve. What does he want us to learn when we trust him? Did you don't, don't miss it? Look what he says. Gentleness and humility. 
You see what he said right there? He said, learn from me because in my heart I am gentle and I am humble. Have you ever met someone like that? Like they're super gentle and they're always humble. And like their life is never in a hurry. Like they're always slow. They talk slow. They're always calm. They always have peace. They always have joy. They always have happiness. Don't you want to slap someone like that sometime? You know what I'm saying? Like how did you get to that point? Like how come nothing ever wrecks you? Your faith. How come you're always just at peace? And how come every time we talk, you actually listen because you're not thinking to what's next? Ever met people that's always at peace? They're always gentle. They're always just humble. But when they do speak, they always speak so much wisdom. Like, ever met someone like that in your life? That's what Jesus said. We need to strive to be gentle and humble. And listen to what he says when Jesus says this. Why did he use those two words? Well, think about it. If you're aggressive, you want to do more, get more, and have more. That's why we're stressed out. We're aggressive. We go after. What's next? What's there? We got to get there. We got to be there. So we get aggressive in our life. And then I said this earlier, we have arrogance. That we believe that we truly can do everything in front of us. And then Jesus comes and he gives us the antidote for aggressiveness and arrogance. Look what he says. Gentleness. Is the antidote to being aggressive. Humility is the antidote of arrogance. See, when you're humble and you're gentle, you're going to move at the pace that God wants you to move. Not trying to strive and be all things and do all things and have all things. For what reason? For what reason? You're wearing yourself out, destroying your family, not spending time with your kids. To do what? To get what? In this short time we have on this planet, to do what? When Jesus says, no, no, come to me. Jesus is okay if it takes you your entire life to get you where he wants you to be. He's not in a hurry. He's going to work on you and help you. How does he do this? It's a process. Learning is a process. And let me tell you something about this process. It's not pain-free. Don't you wish it was pain-free? It's not pain-free. The process of this is not pain-free, but here's the reality. It is your choice how you respond in the process. So, pastor, you know what? That's great, but how do I become gentle in my heart? Because right now I'm just so aggressive, just trying to do everything and be everything. How do I have humility in my heart to really slow down my life? And just trust the process and just trust that Jesus is in control. How, how do I do that? How do I choose to do that? I'm so glad you asked that question. Here's what you got to do. You ready? So simple. You need to choose to walk in the Spirit. You know that's a choice? To choose to walk in the Spirit. How do you walk in the Spirit? How do you get filled with the Spirit. Very simple. If you yield, you'll be filled. And when you yield, not my will, but your will be done. Not my yoke, but your yoke. When I yield to what He has for me, I will be filled than to walk in the Spirit. And guess what? The byproduct of my life when I walk in the Spirit. He tells us in Galatians, Paul does, Galatians chapter 5. Look what he says. Look at this. But the fruit of the Spirit is when I walk in the Spirit, when I'm filled with the Spirit, when I'm yielding to the Spirit, here's, here's, here's the fruit that comes from my life. Look, love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Don't miss this one. Gentleness. What's going to slow down my aggressive heart? Walk in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit, and it's your choice. You get to choose if you're going to yield to God's plan for your life or yours. You get to choose if you're going to walk in God's way or you get to walk in the world's way. It's your choice. I will not force my yoke upon you, but if you'll come to me, if you'll yield to me, if you'll learn from me, man, I will take you on a ride of your life that it will not be pain-free. But you will have peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness. And when you yield to the Spirit, you will see the Spirit of God moving. And I will use you greatly to your friends, your co-workers, your loved ones, and your family all around. If you'll just trust me, trust the process. But we're always getting in a hurry because God's too slow. Got to get now. I don't want to wait. And if we look all through the Scripture, God has no problem letting you wait and wander in the wilderness for 40 years if you have to. So I'm going to choose just to walk in the Spirit. And he says, when you do, you have self-control. How do I do that? How do I yield? <laughs> Last one, just keep snowballing. How, how do I yield? Like, how do I do that? Like, you mean just get on one knee and just like yield? Like, how, how do I yield to walk in the Spirit and be filled by the Spirit? So thankful that James tells us this. James says in James chapter 4, verse 10, look what he says. Here it is. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. Humility is a choice. When you read the scripture, it says humble yourself. Humble yourself. And I'm here to tell you, I would rather humble myself than have God humble me. If you want to walk in the spirit, you yield to your flesh. You yield to what you want. You yield to what the world says. You yield to what everyone else expects of you and what they want. And you say yes to Jesus. I will yield to you. I will walk with you. I will get in your word. I will trust you. I don't, I, I'm afraid. I feel, but I trust. And then when you do, man, you have rest for your soul. Listen, I double dog dare you to try this. Really, go try this. Try this. Say, you know what? Okay, this week, I'm going to yield. And I'm going to humble myself. And God, I want what you want for me. I'm going to get in your word. And it's not like you have to read one chapter, five chapters, a whole book a day. God, speak to me. God can do more in five, six as you do in 50 years of your life. Speak to me. I yield to you. I want what you want for my marriage. I want what you want for my finances. I want what you want for my career. I want what you want for my family. I want what you want for my kids. I want what you want for my life. I trust and yield to you. I'm scared to say those things, but I trust you. I dare you to try it. And see if you see when the waves crash around you. And they will. Jesus already promised you. I don't like that verse, but he says it. In this world, you will have trouble. I wish we could just write that one out. But take heart. I've overcome the world. I said this and I will say this till I die. The better life is not the absence of pain. The better life is Jesus walking with you through your pain. That makes my life better. You're going to have trouble. 
And what happens when trouble comes? You're going to be at peace. Why? Because he said he's already overcome the world. That only comes when you slow down and spend time with Jesus. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. It is your choice. Because here's what we believe at Better Life Church. We believe if you yield and follow Jesus, you will experience a better life. I'm asking you to bow your heads. Let's just say it, most of us, if not all of us this morning, we need to come to Jesus. We don't need to have like a come to Jesus meeting. I'm not saying that. We need to come to Jesus. Some of you need to come to Jesus right now for soul rest. You're a believer. You've given your life to Jesus, but you need to come to him right now. Because you're trying to be all things to all people and you're trying to lead your life and you're stressed to the max. Just yield to him and trust him. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll bless who you want me to bless. I just, I'm tired of running my life on my own. I'm tired of being stressed out to the max. That's affecting my marriage. It's affecting my parenting. It's affecting me at work. I, I'm just, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. I know the doctors say one thing and, and I, I'm scared, but I, I'm just going to trust you. And spite how I feel, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And you'll find this soul rest. But there's also several of you watching online or at both of our locations. You've not yielded your life to Jesus. You've not given your life to Him. And today is the best day of your life. Because number one, God woke you up this morning and gave you breath. Number two, He knew you would be here and He brought you here. Number three, you are not promised tomorrow. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do not delay. Jesus says, come to me. Would you come to him? How do I do that? The Bible says this, if we would confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, here's what the Bible says, you will be delivered from your sin. Well, that, that's too easy. That's too simple. That's his yoke. <laughs> that's his grace. Take it and put it upon you. Trust him. But I got to do something. I got to earn it. I got to pay back for what I've said, what I've tried, what I've done. He says, no. It's grace that we are saved through faith. And if that's you, you can cry to where you sit right now. Listen, saying a prayer is not what saved you. It's trusting and believe by faith that he says what he says is true. And so right now you can sit and cry out to him and just say this, to say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me, and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And this morning, as best as I know how, I give my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Now help me follow you all the days of my life. Now if that's you at both of our locations, Grayson as well, if that's you, here's what I want you to do. If you just prayed this with me, I want to pray for you. And what I want you to do, I just want you to just raise your hand right now and say, Pastor, I just gave my life to Jesus and came to Him. Come on, get your hand up right now. Both of our locations. I'm going to pray for you. I'm not coming to bear I just want to pray for you. Come on. We're just trusting God's going to do something right now in your life. Even if you're watching online, there's a place you can let us know. Because we're believing life is being changed. Now here's what I want you to do. Everyone, if you raise your hand, here's what I want you to do. As soon as we're finished, 
here at the Moria campus. There's a big red room across there. We, it's the next step area. We just have some resources we want to give you for walking and giving your life to Jesus. Though at Gracie campus, this are right out there. And, and in the hallway, you'll, you'll see the next step area. We want to just say thank you and give you some resources as you begin your walk with Jesus. And we're going to trust that he's going to bring soul rest in your life. And it's because of today, every one of us are going to be making some changes. And we're going to start trusting and yielding by choice. We're going to take this challenge for this whole week, right? We're just going to trust. We're going to yield to him. Get up every day of our life. Before we even get out of bed, the first thing we're going to say, God, today's your day. What would you want me to do? What do you want me to say? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to live today? The day is yours. I trust you. And then you get up and you go. And be reminded throughout the day, God, I'm going to yield to you before I go into this meeting, before I take this test, before I have this conversation, before I get home. And I know my marriage is kind of struggling now, but God, guard my mouth, guard my heart. I'm going to yield the words that you want me to say. That's what I'm talking about. If you will, I'm telling you, soul rest will come your way. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for your word and how relevant it is and speaks to our heart. God, forgive us where we try to control our own lives and control our own outcome and do what we want, how we want, when we want, maybe the way the world wants, maybe the way our parents want, maybe the way we want, instead of just yielding and trusting you. I pray, God, for a region of believers who would yield and be prompted by the Spirit, who would be filled with the Spirit, who would be walking in the Spirit of God that a whole entire region will be transformed because your people get before you and say, I want what you want, when you want, how you want it. I trust you, Lord. And we see family members saved, co-workers saved, roommate, classmates, teammates, sorority sisters, fraternity brothers. We see them saved because we yielded to you and followed you wherever you want us to go. That's what this is about, helping people follow you so they can experience abundant life, a full life, eternal life, a better life than they've ever dreamed of. God, use your people to transform this region. We believe it, we declare it, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us online today. If while watching this message, you were led to take a next step or made the decision to start following Jesus, we would love to celebrate with you. Let us know on our website at betterlife.church slash next steps. To stay connected throughout the week, download the Better Life app and consider subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast. Lastly, if you would like to support what God is doing through this ministry, you can give online at betterlife.church/givenow. We're praying you have a great week and hope to see you again soon.